Ozzy Osbourne dude. bite into the shark. Oh, you bit it back, oh, dude. And I give yes. him a fucking tattoo. Thin. Oh, this is getting deep. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a That's shards, and yep. over there is Rob with that Hi. sexy, long, curly hair and a beard. Oh, until mm. we get on, we got to get on YouTube because, uh, well, he's got to get on YouTube. We're gonna block us out, shards, <laughs> and we're gonna have Rob as our. He'll be the only correspondent you see on YouTube. Damn, <laughs> I'm back in the FLA three two one. And uh, it's nice to be here because it's warm. I did get cold in the old Californication. And I am glad to be warm finally. I am fat and not well. Oh, I guess I'm well insulated, but it doesn't seem to work out there. Ooh. Yeah, it's funny that you brought that up because I saw a picture yesterday. Some news station had showed the temperature of all of the U.S., and yep. talking about how everywhere is cold, cold, cold. Then you get down to Florida, 79. And that makes a difference. I feel bad for people in like Michigan or Detroit to see that because they've really got to be pissed that we're in the 70s. I was only in the 50s and 40s and I would, I'm pissed. I was cold. Everyone out time I went outside, I was cold. Inside, I was cold. Here, it's perfect in Florida. But don't tell anybody. They'll all come here and it'll get all screwed up. <laughs> I had a great time. I'm back. We're not here to talk about the NFL. That was weeks ago and... Nothing to talk about for another week. We're here to talk about something hot and fresh. That is the USFL, our unbelievably supportive fucking listeners. Oh, yeah. The championship's been won, and it's by the Glass Bottom Podcast sustained listeners. Thank you for the downloads and the support and the emails. You guys are great. And we appreciate it. We are new. We're doing the best we can because we got a cool thing going. And once we harness the amazing nuclear energy that we have when we're just talking shop and busting balls at work, you guys will be supremely entertained. And we're trying to get some really incredible guests and do some cool shit. So here's to you, USFL. Unbelievably supportive fucking listeners. Thank you so much. Welcome aboard the Glass Bottom Podcast. As you heard from last week, I was in California then, and now I'm here. I'm not by coastal. We're not by coastal anymore. We're back to being sus, or what do you call it? A cis coastal? Sus coastal. We're just a little. You're, you're pretty sus even bringing here. that up. I know, right? No, we're cis coastal. We're back to uh, all three of us in the same great state of FLA. I'm back. I did a lot of great things out yonder, and uh, I got a lot to talk about. Hopefully, you guys can chime in and uh, tell me I'm an idiot. Uh, the first thing I did is I did. You're an idiot. Oh, sorry. I not took, yet. Not yet. I took, no. Well, yes, that was good timing. <laughs> I went to a California Walmart, and I have got some incredible breaking news uh, that people need to hear. I am an aficionado of Walmart people watching, especially around Florida where I've been in pretty much every Walmart in the, not the panhandle. What's the anti panhandle, the peninsula. And 
uh, Titusville, Florida has the weirdest people in Walmarts by far. And I've been in a lot of weird Walmarts and I've seen everything you can see in a Walmart in Florida. So I went to a California Walmart and looked around. I was looking for some items and I saw some things. First, the demographics are equal now. A California Walmart and a Florida Walmart are equal at long last. The water has balanced. I don't think you could tell the difference between Walmart clientele in Walmart and Florida, even if you were an expert. It's all the same. It looks the same. Everything feels the same. But to my surprise, the California Walmart, I needed to get a patch kit for my mom's wheelbarrow. She's 81. I was going to fix her wheelbarrow tire. I went to the bicycle section in the Roseville, California Walmart. And you will not believe this, Shards. Everything in the bicycle aisle from patch kits, which cost $2.18, all the way down to bicycle seats and helmets and clown horns <laughs> is all locked up behind glass in California. Do you effing believe that? It is. That's incredible. That's what I said. I was like, I, I, this isn't the, uh, this isn't the uh, a pseudo-ephedrine aisle. This is the bicycle horn and patch aisle locked up completely behind locked glass. So... I asked a lady, how do I get this unlocked? And she said, you have to go find the lady in sporting goods. And that was the end of that story because there was no lady in sporting goods. <laughs> I checked. So I'm giving this a Florida win. Florida gets a W over California Walmarts. And shame on you, California. Your Walmarts are worse than Florida. And that's on you, California. Unbelievable that you have to lock up bicycle horns and patch kits. You are a very messed up state, California, when you have to lock up that shit. That's you know, a pretty what? high fucking bar. <laughs> in, in what regard? What do you mean? Like being worse than Florida Walmarts? Yes. I agree. I, I was stunned that not only the people looked familiar, but we don't lock up anything at Walmarts in Florida except for uh, razor blades. You can't get a Mach 3 razor blade because they're apparently worth $15. So, Jesus. Yeah. But California? Hmm. Bike patch kits are a hot item. Well, what's the uh, number one mode of transportation for homeless people who are willing to steal things? Bikes. Uh, <laughs> in Florida? I believe so. California? I don't know. I was surprised. I was expecting to see a lot of houseless people, as we call them. And I did not see any, unfortunately, in my, my journey. So I, I can't speak to that. But one thing I can tell you is e-bikes, electric bikes, Rob. I live in Cocoa, Florida. And I see a lot of e-bikes. I see them motoring down US-1, which is a very fast thoroughfare to get long distances. And I see them on the local streets. I, I probably see five e-bikes a day on a normal day, Rob. How many e-bikes do you think I saw in Sacramento, California? Like 30 or 40. Mm, lower. Really? Like two? Lower. Zero? Zero! I was expecting e-bike city because it's clean, no emissions, good for the environment, zero e-bikes. I was stunned and I was looking hard. No e-bikes in California. And that led me to my hypothesis. Well, Shards helped me with half the hypothesis. <laughs> I didn't have the California side of the hypothesis. I had the Florida side. So let's go to Shards first. What was your California side of the no e-bikes hypothesis, Shards? Well, you had mentioned that you thought you would see a bunch of e-bikes because it's green, you know? Yes. Electric yes. bikes. And I said, well, you know, it's greener than an electric bike. Uh, no. And I said, uh, a pedal bike. Oh, and, <laughs> and he was right. I saw lots of pedal bikes. Right. And sidebar, California biker guys that wear the helmets and the spandex, 
they rule the roost because they got the right of way and they know it. And them guys will make crazy turns. They'll they'll do the bike lane with the little tiny lines that tells you don't turn here, car, or the bike says, and they they know. So they're persnickety sons of bitches. No e-bikes. Shards was right. They pedal out there. I saw lots of bikes, lots of guys in spandex, but no e-bikes. That led me to thinking, why does Coco Florida have more e-bikes? And the answer came to me kind of inspired by real events, but not quite inspired by real events for legal reasons. DUIs. If you get a DUI and you lose your license for a year or 10 years, depending on who you are and who you know, <laughs> you get an e-bike and you have 30 <laughs> miles of 25 mile an hour range, get a DUI. Don't drive a power mower or a riding mower. That was so, you know, 2010. Get a fucking e-bike, right? And that's what I'm seeing in Coco. It's all these DUI survivors that are uh, making do with DUI uh, survivor. Well, <laughs> they didn't that kill anybody. Disingenuous as fuck. <laughs> well, hey, if you DUI, you're probably going to die, and you'll probably kill somebody else and live. But that's the key. He unlocked it. People in California don't want e-bikes because they want the exercise. People in Florida need e-bikes because they have three DUIs now and they need to get to work. Mm. Bingo. So e-bikes in California, thumbs down. E-bikes in Florida, thumbs up. It ain't about the environment. It's about your uh, license status. So Shard made that clear to me. (laughs) Yes, he did. The other cool thing I saw out there was we went to a diner, a really cool diner. And uh, we had a waitress. She's pretty hot for a diner waitress. And she helped an older couple before us that were sitting in the booth next to me and my mom. And this this guy, this old timer, he's probably in his 80s. He tipped her. This is such a pro tip. I should charge for this. This should be behind a paywall. While he's waiting for his food, this guy, probably in his 80s, he folded his $5 bill into the most beautiful origami heart you've ever seen. unbelievable so he gives her this origami heart before she brings a second cup of coffee the food's not there he hands her five bucks in this origami heart that's so beautifully folded you would not want to cash this you'd want to keep it her heart melted she was goo she came over and showed it to my wife her heart melted she was goo then my heart melted i was goo this old timer melted three people's hearts with this beautiful origami heart that he gave to this chick as a tip five dollar bill folded into a beautiful wicker looking heart that she's never going to cash because it's beautiful and then he heard me and my wife oogling over it probably me more than her but no she was equally what does he do he folds my wife a dollar bill the same way he housed me he melted us a hardened jaded uh diner waitress And then he melted my wife's heart and my heart. And then he slam dunked it on me and gave it to my wife on the way out. He's like, I heard you like my work. Here's a dollar. So you're a cuck. Yes. 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 So uh, word to past Mike or future Mike, learn how to fold origami dollars and $5 and $20 and go to a strip club. What do you think? Maybe we should do this as a field trip. I will take an origami 20 to a, strip club tuck it nicely into a garter belt do you think it will help is there sex in the uh, vip room unlike uh, chris rocks uh, uh, <laughs> what a I, move dude i don't Just, know that they'll look at it 
even if it's a prick, like you put it in their garter, it's itching them to look <laughs> around. Bricking them with a heart. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what you do? Isn't that how this works? Oh, this look, old man. Heart on. <laughs> no, it's a heart on. Thank you. This old man melted three hearts with an origami $5 bill. And I got to tell you, it was beautiful. And the one he gave my wife, we're not unfolding. She's keeping it. It's beautiful. So I'm going to learn how to make origami hearts. I can't say that I'm going to take him to strip club yet, but we're working on that. That was amazing. Oh, how this probably should have been housekeeping. The uh, great American gift card to stewardess uh, attendant challenge that I was going to do failed miserably on account of the airline that I flew that rhymes with mouth rest. They canceled my flight again ooh, 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 with less than 12 hours to go. So I went to pack my bags, check my emails. Hey, your flight's canceled. Have a nice day. So I lost my early bird. And then by the time I spent an hour on the phone with mouth rest, uh, I ended up flying all the way to Southern California, one flight, then all the way to Nashville, another flight, and then all the way down to Florida. I basically carved a giant Z as in zip up your scrotum into your zipper because this is going to hurt down, up, down to get home. So that would have been like eight, let's see, four, eight, 12. That would have been... 12 fucking gift cards. No, thank you. Mouth rest. So I did not do the great gift card experiment. I don't know what the payoff is. And uh, I hope someone emails us what it would have been. But thanks to their inept system, I could not afford to buy enough gift certificates to cover $5 per person per route that they made me fly because they canceled a freaking flight. I was in the air 10 and a half hours to get back. And that was bad. And you were losing time. Yeah, three hours it cost me. It was bad. So nobody got a $5 gift card from me because they screwed me. So thank Mm -hmm. you, Mouth Rest. Again, on the exit rows, it got worse. Can you guys believe the exit row sitch got worse? No. It did. The same thing happened. They canceled my flight. No, I (laughs) want to be lying. I'm outraged about this. Listen to what happened to my tall ass. They canceled my flight less than 12 hours to go. My early bird out the window. Now I'm back to the jabronis. So I get on, I, I, uh, I get on the phone for over an hour. They finally hook up a flight. It was a nightmare flight. I called back an hour later, said, we're not doing this. And the chick said, oh, well, why would you do that when this flight was available the whole time? She put me on a, a good flight that saved us. My mom, four hours of driving, me getting up at two in the morning to fly home, blah, blah, blah. I'm on a flight out of Sacramento. So they give me the same thing they gave me last time. I bitched, said, look, I'm a giant individual. Give me the, the extra time boarding. Great. I get on short people all the way down the exit rows. This plane had four exit row seats on one side, three exit row seats on one side and one on the other. Learned how to take six seats and turn it into four, six good legroom seats. So I get on, they're all full of short people. Oh, I was furious, but it was only an hour and something flight, whatever. Folded my legs like origami heart dollar bills, ate it. I get to John Wayne International Airport in Southern California. I'm trying to go east. They fly me south for an hour and 20 minutes. I get there, new flight. I get on. Some business ass dude is sitting. uh, It's karma paying me back. Remember how I told a long time ago in one of the prototype apps, I saved a seat for my giant kid who's taller than me and wider than me. I saved an aisle seat for him after I paid for an upgrade. Guess what? Some five foot two gray haired asshole was sitting in the catbird seat that I needed next to him. I know next to him, he had a water bottle and some headphones. And I said, uh, can I sit there? 
so I could scooch into his extra leg room situation. He goes, no, I'm holding that for my wife. And I was going to say something and be an asshole, but I did the same thing for my kids. So I just like, <sighs> I just ate it. I just put it down there in that dark black hole. You know what I'm talking about, Rob, right? You just, you just you stuff it deep. Stuff deep into this hole of rage. And then you smile and go, okay. So I sat in the seat next to where his wife was going to sit. Well, finally his wife comes on and this dude is in a 737-700. This guy, there's no seat in front of him. It's on an exit row. They have no seat in front of him. This guy's got leg room. Dr. J could be in that seat, stretched out with a hooker and no interference whatsoever. His wife sits next to me and I, uh, I, she sits down, I get comfortable and she has the gall to look over at me and go, your leg. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. And my, my foot was on her side of the divider. And she said, your leg. And I said, wow, I'm sorry. I'm six foot six. I kind of like that seat there, but can't have that. I was a dick. That was as dicky as I get. <laughs> and she goes, well, he has to work. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. Well, I guess you need no tray table to where I didn't say that. in my head, you know me, I'm a non-confrontational. So I said, oh, I have to not be in pain. That's what I said. She goes, yeah, it don't work. And I said, well, oh, I have to not be in pain. And she just ignored me, right? <laughs> so the whole flight, I'm digging my knees into the aluminum on the top. Then I move and dig like the whole three and a half hours. I'm moving my knees because I'm, I'm in pain, right? And her husband's just sitting over there. He works for like 10 minutes on his fucking laptop. And then he goes to sleep. Oh, I want to choke him the fuck out. So bad. <laughs> so bad. He you should, should have tapped him on the shoulder halfway through his nap. Working hard or hardly working? There, bro? <laughs> I should have, but his wife looked like she'd kill me. She was one of those wives, you know. He he's the money maker and she's the pit bull. It was scary. However, I got through it, but it sucked. Major arse major arse and my knees were jammed into the aluminum in front of me the whole flight and it sucked but anyway again i got screwed on that i could not believe it so they get off in nashville and last week rob said why don't you buy two tickets i said i don't need room for my arse i need room for my legs so they get off in nashville and i'm left with a hour and a half flight back to orlando and i'm eyeballing the seat i'm salivating there's spit rolling down the corner of my jowls i can't wait to hop in this guy's seat they finally bail i flip over into that damn seat and it's got solid armrests on both sides and my hip bones and my fat ass like bottom out i was like oh <laughs> It was like putting the cement into a, a into a form, you know, I was like, oh, this is but I'm not giving this fucking seat up. You know, I gave my 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 shame. I got rid of my dignity, my shame. I'm taking this goddamn seat. I took the seat. So instead of having uh, sore knees, I flew into Orlando with my fat ass and my hip bones on fire because I'm not giving that seat up. I earned that seat. I earned that seat. Good for yeah. you. I should have bought you. I should have bought two seats. <laughs> I should have bought two seats. So shout out to Rob for realizing that might have been helpful with my plus size ass. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty impressive considering you have diminished glutes that you still have a plus size ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my thank you for pointing that out. My depth is shallow at like our podcast, but my width is <laughs> my width is above average. 
Yes. Are we speaking in more ways than one here? Hey. No. I've been married for 30 fucking years. I don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But the reason I ended up where I was with uh, Officer Businessman getting my seat was, uh, again, A, I got cut off by an upwardly mobile young lady. I'm standing in the embarrassing extra timeline because they gave me that. Thank you. as a perk. So I got in after the A's and before the B's. So I'm standing in the extra timeline. And uh, first of all, this lady has two kids and a husband, and he's pretty low key like me. And the two parents had a like the last of the A's loading, but the kids got C's. I don't know how that happened. So what she did is they got in line at their aid, like 25 or 50 or whatever. And then she goes up and hands him all the boarding passes. And the, the guy at the gate goes, oh, I'm sorry, you guys can't board because your kids have C's and your A's. You have to go on with the C's. This lady, just like somebody I know, was like, what? Am I supposed to leave my kids here? Am I supposed to? Here, we'll just leave our two daughters up here and just let them on when it's C's. And she put on this whole production in front of God and everybody while the guy's going, ma'am, ma'am. Ma'am, ma'am. Finally, she stops ranting and he goes, family boarding is right after the A's load and the extra time people load. You will be able, there'll be plenty of seats. You and your family will be together. It's no problem. So she freaks out again. The same stuff. My daughters are just supposed to sit by themselves. Oh, she won the winner of the year uh, award. She won it because it gets worse. It up, pal. Nobody likes a whiner. So she stands next to me in the, and I'm embarrassed. I was in the extra timeline cause I'm six foot giant. And she looks at me and goes, can you believe that 11 people left and they got to throw me aside. Her husband stands right in front of me, cuts me off and her two kids. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, but I look at her like I'm one of those 11 people and I'm six foot six. I need to, I need a freaking seat with some leg room. She keeps bitching and she thinks I'm an ally, but I just keep rolling my eyes and looking away. And, uh, she loses it again. People, she saw a bunch of people get on. She, she has another fit on the guy, the poor ticket clerk guy. Right. So finally it's my turn to board. Uh, excuse me. I get past the two kids and the husband and the whining wife and this chick, this super, I thought she was super hot and she's young in her twenties dressed to the nines. I only saw her from the backside. She has high heels. She's got a nice business skirt. She's got her hair all nice. She cuts in front of me again, just like the other chick did. Bro, you must have a sign on you. I don't know what it is. And she wheels her little car, her little bag right in front of me, hands the boarding pass to the guy. He gives it, scans it. She goes on in front of me. I'm stuck behind her again, but this time it gets worse. We get on the plane. She takes the last goddamn escape aisle seat from me. Mr. Me. She takes it. That's my seat. She's average height. Even with five-inch heels, she's average height. She takes my last seat. And that's when I got involved with uh, Mr. Asshole and his safety seat from his bitch wife. Your life is doing this to you on purpose. I think so. It's the Matrix. It was terrible. But it was mysterious because I never saw her face. The whole flight, like on the jetway, is she going to turn around? She never turned around. Long, black hair. Dressed very nicely, business, talking business on her iPhone. Like, I'll be there now or just tell the client. I mean, she was something. I never saw her face. She ended up sitting across from me in the nice legroom seats on the other side. And I never saw her face. It was mysterious. The whole flight 
on off, never saw her face. It was the same person. It could have been. (laughs) It was a glitch in the matrix. So I got hosed again by some upwardly mobile lady who had her shit together and just pushed me out of the way. And t- But this one, the last one, she didn't take my seat. This woman took my seat. And then I had to fight with some asshole and I still lost my seat. I lost my seat. Jeez. I know. It was terrible. So I didn't get to do my gift card experiment. I didn't get my exit row seat. It was a fail all the way around. It was a damn fail. But the last thing I got to point out is I borrowed a backpack from my kid. He's in college and I needed it because I took my laptop so we could publish California Dream and a classic, by the way. Shards edited the hell out of that. It's it a great episode. California Dream and check it out. Episode four. Uh, when I was a kid, I don't know about you two. Who's the youngest? Rob, you're the youngest. What's a backpack like when you're a kid going to school? Torment. Pure, utter torment. Okay, that's the emotional side. I validate (laughs) your feelings. Your feelings are very important to me. We're talking engineering-wise or space-wise. What would you say? How would you describe a backpack? I will go first. When I was in school, a backpack had one pouch on the back that would hold probably my wallet and a pack of gum. And then it had the main zipper that would hold probably four books and a trapper keeper. That was a backpack. That's what I expect in life. Two zippers, four books, and gum, and my wallet. What did you have? Like a duffel bag. Jesus, you are emo. Okay. <laughs> what was I mean, in there? Really a duffel bag, right? But it, like when you when you talk, I'm thinking like a Jansport, like simple. That's what I had, a Jansport. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought of. Nah, man, I had like the, uh, mine was actually a wake wakeboard backpack. Okay. Wow. Um, that's high level. Again, I'm surprised by the level. Fucking, the front pocket was a cooler. What? Yeah. I am so outclassed in this exactly. episode. Wow. Fucking exactly. Damn. What was in the other pockets? Ice? Mixers? Well, of course. Obviously. Liquor? You got to get them elementary kids up, you know? Wow. Um, no. And then there was like two other sections that you could put all your textbooks in that each weighed eight pounds to 20 pounds. Please tell me it didn't have wheels. Please tell me it didn't have wheels. Robin. It did not have wheels. I'm oh, sorry. thank God. That would have been a deal breaker. I was about to pull the plugs on this podcast. <laughs> oh, now shards. Yes, what Yeti you? across it and everything. Oh, Yeti. You had a Yeti backpack? No, I'm just fucking with that. <laughs> shards, what kind of backpack and or book? How, what was a backpack like when you were in school? Um, I actually had one of the skateboard backpacks that had the dual straps at the front so you could carry a skateboard on it. Yeah. And then it had uh, it had two main pockets. I think one was intended for a laptop because it was padded. Yeah. And then you had your normal books pocket and then yeah. front pocket and two side pockets with a cup holder. Well, those are all outdated. I just grabbed as a last minute thing from, from my kid, from my carry on one of his old backpacks that he used at college because I needed a laptop so we could do our thing. So he gave me this thing. I put the laptop in the back pouch, the back zipper. There's five zippers levels on this thing. Five levels. Laptop went level one against my back. Level two had enough space to put, I don't know, a dead body, uh, a deer with its hoose cut off. And then like it had other pockets, sub pockets inside that, like three sub pockets. And then there's the next zipper down that you could probably put equal amounts of carcass and or body parts. And then it had what I assumed was a smaller 
pouch that I put stuff in. And then it had the, what I thought was the last smaller pouch on the, that's the last pouch where I put my important stuff, my wallet, my boarding passes and all that. And that son of a bitch was like, it's a magic trick. I felt like I was reaching into a magic bag on a fucking magic show. Every time I'd reach for something, it was gone because I'm in the wrong zipper level or it's so fucking deep that I can't reach it. This thing is like a magic goddamn bag. These kids have it figured out. I couldn't believe it. I look like the biggest idiot ever. And every line I got in, they're like, can I please have your boarding pass? Got it right here. Wrong zipper. Wrong zipper. <laughs> wrong zipper. I'm like, hold on. It's in here somewhere. I look like a magician who had lost his fucking rabbit everywhere I went. This nerd backpack is amazing. When I had it full of everything, it looked like it was completely empty on the rack at wherever the hell we bought it. I think Amazon. But backpack technology has taken a huge leap. And if you see a kid nowadays with a backpack that looks full, he has got everything he fucking owns in that backpack. Everything. Probably even a bicycle. I couldn't believe it. It made me look so stupid time after time. Even when I got to where I was going, I was looking for, I looked for my uh, friggin' Blistex for 20 minutes in this backpack, unzipping everything. I must have flipped 60 zippers, four sub pouches, three sub sub pouches to find my goddamn Blistex. Hats off. And a, a letter of commendation to backpack technology from the glass bottom podcast to backpack makers in China. Holy fuck. And the last thing I figured out the backpack, it had a charger cable coming out of it. I don't know what it does. It has a USB cord coming out of the backpack for God knows why going God knows where. I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. I still, I'm still missing shit that I'm sure is in that backpack. I unpacked yesterday. I'm still missing shit. <laughs> Nerd backpacks are amazing. I hope they don't make it to Pakistan. Could you imagine that shit? Some Pakistani coming to uh, Disneyland to blow it up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried. This is a weapon of mass destruction. It would take, it would take a Disney employee 45 minutes to check that fucking thing. They're not going to give it that kind of time. They're just going to be like, yeah, I poked it with a stick. You're all right. Meanwhile, you could put a hundred pounds of C4 in that bitch and it would look like it was completely empty. You had a beanie cap and some jogger pants. No one's going to mess with that kid. No, not a chance. Not even. <laughs> so hats off to nerd backpack designers. My God. I, I felt like I could just climb in that thing and disappear like a magic bag. So I'm listening to uh, Penn Gillette's book, Random. And uh, it's a good book. I recommend it. It's really kinky and gets really weird, but the premise of it's pretty badass. And we'll talk about that when I finish it in later episodes. But uh, the crux of this discussion is this guy, this character goes into a tattoo shop and uses dice to dictate what tattoo he's going to get and where he gets it. And he ends up getting a pretty lame, weird conglomeration of a tattoo. But that brought me back when I was on the plane listening to this to a discussion me and shards had shards is a surfer. So he gets a, he gets a random tattoo and uh, he loves it. And we'll get into that in later episodes is a very interesting book and weird, but that brought me back to me and shards talking about shark bites in Florida. Like when you get bit by a shark in Florida, it's not, they don't bite you in half. They don't tear your femur off and you bleed to death. They give you a really badass bite on your calf or your foot and they stitch it up. You're on the nightly news here in central florida and you know you're a hero like oh you got a shark attack new summer to beach and they show the bite and you're like eh, you know so that led me to think 
wouldn't it be cool if we opened like not a tattoo parlor in Orlando, but a shark bite parlor where you pay money like tattoo equivalent money. And we have a shark tank with little, you know, three foot lemon sharks and three foot bull sharks. And you pay us, you come in, we pull a shark out, wrap that bitch around your arm or your bicep or your calf or your thigh. And he takes a good bite. You get a nice, nice shark bite, blood everywhere. But then we have an EMT stop the bleeding and stitch you up with horrible stitches that are going to scar like a motherfucker. How much would you pay, Rob, for a shark bite scar? I would pay more for that than a tattoo. I feel like I'd have to go to like Croatia to get this done. No, we're going to do it in Orlando right here. Why not? Well, no, we get shut down day one, hour one, my guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. They have foot spas where those surgeon fish, you put your foot in a That is not the same. Okay. Fish bites off skin. <laughs> and B, fish bites off skin. It's the same. We go get an esthetician. Is that what they call people who do like nails and tires? Nails and tires. An, esthet- an esthetician license. And then we offer shark bite tattoo branding things. Shark bite scars. I think that shit would sell. I'm willing to get a shark bite scar right now. Two grand. That's what we would charge. Wouldn't you pay two grand? I'd pay two grand for that. For the rest of your life. I mean, Charles doesn't need it with his, with his shins, but can you imagine me and you, I would, in order for me, I wear jeans all the time. I would need it on my bicep or my, I need it on my forearm. Let's be honest. I'd have to have the shark bite over my forearm with little, we'll give them the little, uh, that little back and forth that sharks do to rip out flesh. Oh God. Oh yeah. So I would pay 500 bucks to have that. Like for the rest of my life, everyone sees my forearm and sees a clear as day shark bite pattern stitched up with terrible stitches, huge scar. How fucking cool is that? Am I onto something? I think it'd be cool for like a year or two. And then you just get people like, Oh, what? you get a shark bite at Mike's shark bite Imperium or what? Mm. <laughs> As is tradition. I did not think it that far through. How long do you think that would take off where people in Oklahoma would know that there's shark bite studios in Florida? Or do you think it would still be like every time someone <sighs> saw your forearm at a grocery store at a pizza place, they'd be like, dude, what happened to your arm? And you just raise it up and go, yeah, it's a shark, man. Yeah. And like, you just have that. I think if we build controversy around it, like, you know, call the news anonymously and like, can you believe what these guys are doing to sharks? It'd work. Oh, I didn't think of that angle either. PETA gets involved. These poor sharks are being used for their, and they're not getting any money. Ouch. Shards. They get to been, bite people. Shards, you've been quiet. Cue the shotgun sound. Here comes the <laughs> double barrel. What do you got to say, Shards? I don't know, man. I think I'd rather be one of the people who actually gets bit by a shark than to pay to have someone bite me with a shark. Yeah, but statistically, that's never going to happen. I think if you spend enough time in the water. Not in Florida. I think statistically, people don't spend enough time in the water to get bit or go out far enough. You don't have to go out I don't know, man. If you surf, you're out far enough. Yeah, exactly. Have you not seen those drone videos where, like, yeah, there's people at the beach and then they're just flying the drone and there's a whole fucking school of sharks swimming up the beach. Yeah, no one has any fucking idea. I think some of them have an idea. They're like Chuck and they're just like, nah, he ain't going to bite me. I'm just all gristle and leather. I think shards. <laughs> Chuck is not a normal human being. Firstly. <laughs> He's not, and he is for the record. Chuck is all gristle and leather. But shards, if you were out there paddling and you saw a school of sharks under you, would you freak out or would you just sit there and just be like, they're not going to attack me? I'd be chill, dude. We're in their environment anyway. So 
right? You can't do nothing about it, but that's why we are going to market shark bite scarring to central Florida visitors and or central Florida people. I want one. I'm telling you right now, if I can find a way to do this somehow, I'm going to get a shark bite scar on my forearm. Right, right, right next this. door, I'm going to start one for all the, the hardcore G's out there. And I'm going to offer people actual bullet hole wounds. <laughs> so that they can up their street cred. <laughs> there you go. Oh, oh, this just in from our producer. They have just a rifle for that. It's called the POS Tombstone Rifle, where you can take multiple hits without any damage. Have a, Do you want a scar to show off to your friends that you're an OG? Well, try the Tombstone Lever Action Rifle. After you swing the lever action four and a half feet to cycle the nine millimeter round, you can fire a bullet that will just barely penetrate the skin enough to cause a scar. Now back to you. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I'm excited. There about it this. is. I'm excited about this. If I cannot put this forward, I'm I'm the first volunteer. And I got to tell you, uh, my kid does a lot of fishing, and he has caught little sand sharks and uh, little little. Uh, I think they're black tips off the shore here in uh, the three, two, one. I'm gonna make a bet now. Anyone want to bet? Anybody want to bet me that within a year I don't have a shark scar forearm? Uh, Twenty bucks. Shards. Then a year. Shards? Yes. The over under is in a year you'll get one or not. I'm going to bet yes. the under. No, there's no under. He just, Rob just put up 20 bucks that I will not in a year have a shark scar forearm from a, it doesn't have to be a huge shark. It's just going to be, a, you know, enough to where everybody sees I have shark scar. I'm guessing probably a four, probably a two and a half, three foot shark from the, from surf fishing. I'm going to get that done. And that's my goal to you. That's my promise. What do you say, Shards? Do you think I'm going to get it done in a year? I wouldn't be surprised if you just went out there relentlessly trying to catch a shark. And the second you do, you just shove your arm right in its mouth. So you can, hey, look, dude, it happened. It happened. Only took four months. I'm down with this. I am I am <laughs> down sure? with this. This is the best and, 20 bucks I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> I'm down with this. I'm. This sounds like shtick, but I'm seriously into this. I'm pretty scar free. Uh, uh, I, I need more tattoos. I don't have enough. I'm going to commit myself, which because we're at the glass bottom podcast, a place where 75% is enough. It may not happen, but God damn it. I'm going to make this happen. I am pledging to you two. Rob has 20 bucks. It's not going to happen. You're on my side shards. I'm going to get a shark bite scar on my right forearm by 2023 2024. And that's my commitment to you the listener, and my friends. With Mike's luck, it's going to hit like a radial nerve and he's going to lose the ability to use <laughs> no. that hand for the rest of his life. <laughs> uh, sever his tendons. <laughs> yeah, I do use my hands for a living. So in light of recent facts that were presented to me, a very shallow thinker, I am going to do the shark bite on my left hand. That way I'm still <laughs> my work day. I'm going to shark bite my left hand within a year. Rob and me have a $20 bet. I'm excited. I really want this, and I'm going to make this happen. I wish now, you the best of luck. <laughs> now, just between us and our our uh, podcast listeners, when I do this, I'll be surf fishing with my kid. He'll hook me up on a little shark. I put him on my forearm. I let him bite, and then I sh- move him around, let him do the head shake and get it nice and nasty. Do I tell the media I did this as a stunt? No, no you do not. I'm unless 
Yes. Unless, unless you get airtime and you say, and if you want to hear more about this, listen to the glass bottom podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's good marketing, but I've already exposed myself as doing this on purpose. So uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to have to play it by ear. I want the media attention. So I don't know what I'm going to do. What should I do, shards? Okay. I'm going to put you in a role playing shards. I, you know me, Mike, I'm at the beach surf fishing. My kid, he catches a nice two foot lemon shark or not a lemon shark, a black tip reef shark. He pulls it up. He unhooks it. I put the shark over my upper forearm in the meat, like right there in the meat. He bites down. I shake my arm. It hurts like a bitch. I'm screaming. We get him off. I'm bleeding. He throws a shark back unharmed for the PETA folks. I go to the hospital. They're going to, they're going to tell the media, right? Or can they? But anyway, do I embrace it? Like, yeah, I'm getting a shark scar tattoo thing. That's what I'm doing. Or do I say, I was a victim? What do I do, sharks? I don't know. You could do whatever you want because I think they do have to document it because it's a shark bite. They count those every year. Like those get logged. do, Do I tell them I'm a haphazard inept fisherman which i really am or do i tell him no man i did this because i wanted a shark bite scar on my forearm to get laid yeah dude shoot for the clout so tell him that tell him the street straight up what you exactly what you said verbatim don't even change the story yep so the next question is this is where Peter might get involved we might have to edit this do i document the putting the shark on my arm and biting it and letting the shark go free unharmed? Or do I just keep that in the dark? Like, this is what happened. This is my story. I was unhooking a shark. He bit my arm. Or do I just document it and say, you know what? I want a shark bite scar. This is the shark. Get on there. Turn up. If you want the real clout, you will bring a bat with you. And you will oh, go ahead oh. and just beat the little peanut-sized oh. brain it has. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who is this? I'm tapping my computer screen. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Wow. That's where the the clout's at. You you want a shark to bite you and then just get away with it? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Tomorrow at work, I'm going to bite you and see if I get away with it. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, me too. Well, I'll wear my, uh, I'll wear my, my saggy jeans so I can pull the front down real easy so you can bite me real easy. (laughs) That might be cool too. Shards might be onto something here. Rob. Actually, instead of a bat, bare hands, dude. You beat the shit out of it. Ozzy Osbourne bite into the shark. Oh, you bit it back, dude. And I give him a fucking tattoo. (laughs) Oh, this is getting deep. (laughs) Okay. The shark bites me. He gives me the scar of a lifetime. Then I flip him over and I bite a fucking chunk out of his dorsal fin. Yeah. And then you keep it, dude. You keep it. Yes. Yes. I'm so yes. testosterone up right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that shark testosterone. That'll do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> shark tea. This is the most amazing thing ever. I cannot wait. This is happening. I'm going to have a shark bite me, and I'm going to bite the shark back. And it's all going to be documented. <laughs> yes! I love it. My testosterone is thumping. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we need this to happen. Okay, it's happening. I pledge to you and my friends and family as Rob readjusts his testicles that I'm going to do the shark bite sitch. And if I go to jail from PETA, I'm going to be a dissident. I'm going to be an outspoken guy saying, me and the shark both profited from this. I got a scar and a story. 
He got a scar and a story. We're both alive. He's free. I'm in jail. That's my line. Think about it. How many sharks get to swim around the ocean and say they got bit? That shark's going to be a legend. That's a fact. (laughs) Fuck yeah. And he'll be like, I survived. One of those big, giant, sperm whale-looking humans (laughs) with all the cottage cheese jelly bean around his midsection like a sperm whale. He bit me right here on my dorsal fin, motherfucker, and I lived. And I got, I'm flossing human out of my teeth, and he's flossing shark out of his teeth. Oh, this (laughs) writes itself. Wow. All right. Here for it. Thanks, Rob. By the way, I don't know if I said earlier, but Rob's got his hair down today, ladies and gentlemen, and chatbot GPT could not reflect how sexy Rob is with his hair down, not in a pulled ponytail. Yeah. Not a chance. You folks, get us over the top. Get us, uh, and we're going to go video sometime when this becomes uh, cost effective for us to, not us, shards to edit this video and put it on the YouTubes. We're going to do it, and you will be blown away by the sexiness of Rob's when hair down when it's down. It's very sexy, i got to say. <laughs> I don't even think most people at work have seen it. No. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Well, it's about time for us to get out of here. To our listeners, I'm still working on getting hold of Anus Van Halen. That's a priority, uh, but because I couldn't do it the last two weeks because I've been traveling, Anus Van Halen is on my top priority, and... With the response from last week's talk about the incredible Dr. Pohl, my man up in uh, Michigan taking care of animals big and small, I have put in a media request to interview Dr. Pohl about pig anuses and surgical tubing and uh, shoulder deep in cows to pull twins out and all the cool stuff that he does. So I'm hoping Dr. Pohl gets back to us because I am mesmerized and enchanted by the incredible Dr. Pohl. That's on the horizon, hopefully. We've got a lot coming up. We appreciate your support. We've got a lot of feedback and a lot of support for uh, what we've been doing. We're only getting better. We're having fun doing it. And we just hope to entertain you uh, folks in your cubicles, your trucks, your uh, crane. Oh, what if we got a crane operator? Have you ever seen those sky crane operators that do like buildings that are 500 feet up in one of those crazy sky cranes? You seen that, guys? Yeah. If we get the first person that emails us a picture of them working in a sky crane, building a building listening to the glass bottom podcast is going to get free glass bottom podcast swag. Cause that is cool. But also I promise that the first person who takes a picture of themselves with their phone, listening to the glass bottom podcast in a cubicle, wherever you are in a cubicle, it's gotta be a cubicle. One of those just dank gray cubicles where you just work your ass off in a square of gray felt. We'll also get some glass bottom squat. Squag? What is squag, Shards? <laughs> I don't know what squag is. Well, you're going to get squag. Probably something the, like smag. Ooh. <laughs> well, we have plenty of that, so <laughs> we'll give them some smag. <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, anybody else got anything else to add before we uh, get the hell up out of here? Yeah, Rob, where are you going tonight? Yeah, Rob. Emo night. What? Um, Taking my elder emo self out. <laughs> and for the listeners like me, what the fuck is emo? We talked about it earlier. What the fuck it's, is emo? It's a genre, man. It's a lifestyle. I was going to say it's a lifestyle. Shard, you got any insight into what it's like to go emo in constant pain? I do, but I'm going to save it for next episode because I want I want to hear what this emo night is. Oh, yeah. Like the feather duster I bought the wife back in 1997. This is a teaser, boy.
All right. We got to get up out of here because Rob's going to emo night and we have given you enough entertainment, I think. Hey, Mike. Yeah. You know what's better than roses on a piano? Do, do, do. Who lives what? on an organ? Oh! <laughs> you heard the show. Now go follow the show. Go find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Be a friend, tell a friend, and subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. Catch you on the next one. Oh, <laughs>